Welcome to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're an entrepreneur and you're driven by your faith or want to be driven by your faith, then you're in the right place. This is a podcast brought to you by Faith Driven Entrepreneur. You can check us out at faithdrivenentrepreneur.org. This podcast doesn't exist without you, our community. Please send us any questions, any thoughts you have about how this podcast might better serve you, and any thoughts about or questions on being a faith-driven entrepreneur. It's our hope that our podcasts are helpful for entrepreneurs of all different shapes and sizes, for-profit entrepreneurs, those that run ministries, not-for-profits, church planners. This is one of those podcasts that would seem at face level just to be focused on those that run ministries and churches, those that are seeking donors. But I really hope that all entrepreneurs will tune into this because it has a lot to do with the spirituality of fundraising. For a technology entrepreneur or a business owner, please listen in. We're going to be talking to a really good friend of mine, J. Paul Friedenmaker, and his ministry is primarily focused on helping people raise money for the charity and the ministry they have. Yet there's so much about the heart motive of what he talks about that I think really helps us when we're raising money for our companies too. We're grateful that you're with us. Speaking of that, today's question, to jump right in, is from a friend of mine in San Francisco named Adrian, who often finds himself raising money. He started a nonprofit. He's a founder of one, and he sort of asked me one day, he said, how do you properly spiritualize a fundraising conversation? I said, you know, everything I do is because I feel like Jesus has told me to go do it, but I don't really feel like I can lead with that sometimes because I don't want to manipulate someone with my Christianity and their Christianity and knowing that we are together there, but I also don't want to not share it at all. So, so what is that fine line that you can go towards where you properly spiritualize this conversation and really let someone know the heart behind what you're doing, what you hope is in their heart, and to see if there's a match there between the two? So, William, that's a great question, and it's like the question. But I'll tell you that uh, Adrian really needs to give himself some credit because he's already answered probably the biggest question that any entrepreneur will face in fundraising, and that is, should I fundraise at all? Mm. And uh, in the intro, he mentioned in the context, of course, is that he really feels led by God to do some fundraising and to raise money. Um, and he's already ahead of where I was at the same stage in our business. And lots of different stories we'll get into over the podcast about some of the lessons we learned at bandwidth and fundraising. But the biggest one really is trying to endeavor to understand the difference between being willful and faithful. Mm. There's some great examples in the Bible from people like – uh, Saul, who didn't wait on Samuel before he went off into war, and but Gideon, who did and really did the right thing and uh, seeking God out. And you can be willful in activity as Saul was. You can be willful in passivity, like David was when when kings were going off the war. He stuck behind. But in our fundraising experience, we were actually being pretty willful. Uh, we uh, decided that it was time to raise money. We wanted to grow the business, and we would pray before we go into these meetings that we'd be successful. Mm. But we weren't really praying that we should be going into the meeting. We mm. weren't praying really point. about the process. We surely weren't praying about the person we're going to be meeting with. And so lots of different mistakes that we made that sounds like Adrian's really already ahead of. And so kudos to you on that. That's awesome. Shows a lot of spiritual discernment on your part. So if you really feel that God is leading you to fundraising, there are some ways to think about that. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to put some of them into context today. And we're going to go ahead and call up a friend of ours, J. Paul Friedenmaker, who's an expert in this. He teaches a course on it, and he'll um, help us to understand uh, through some stories and through some examples in a framework how we might think about it. So 
Uh, one thing I should also mention is that there is no podcast episode probably long enough to handle all the different things you might think about with fundraising. So this will be a topic we'll come back to many times over the course of the year or years. And uh, know that we will, on subsequent podcasts, get at things like how do I think about putting together syndicates? Hmm. Uh, how do I approach angels? What are the right angels to approach? But before you think about any of those pragmatic, tactical things that are all very, very important, having the right heart posture and understanding how to bring your faith into the process is super important. So few better first podcasts to start with than Adrian's. Um, let's go ahead and call up Jay Paul. Sounds great. Hello. Jay Paul. How's it going? It's going awesome. Thank you. How are you, my brother? I'm doing well. Okay, so um, tell us about the course that you taught. Yeah, you bet. So I, I developed a course specifically on major donor fundraising. So this is, you know, when you're going to go out and do an ask of somebody of, say, $10,000 or more uh, for a project or within a given year, and in some cases, the ask can be significantly larger than that it could be in the millions, uh, depending on the capacity of the person and the type of project that you're fundraising for. So I developed uh, a course around three categories, the fundamentals, how do you how do you do that fundamentally? Yeah, the sacredness, what is the what is this the the very sacred part of that role in that task? And then finally, the fun or the enjoyment of doing it. So my course kind of takes people over about a 10 week period through that uh, through that whole process. Got it. So talk to us about the – break some of those down real quickly if you don't mind, especially the sacredness part because I want to make sure that we ground this segment in the fact that there's a, there's a holiness about this. There's a ministry mm -hmm. part to it. How do, you, how do you spell that out? You bet. So let me just real quickly talk about the other two and then Please. we can really dive into the sacred. The fundamental part is I look at somebody and I, I know they have a brain. I know that they have a heart. And, and I know that I've got to appeal to both of those things in order to give them the best chance for getting involved in my cause. Mm. And so <clears throat> I want to put together a case for support that is, hits their brainwaves. I want to put together some inspiring stories and stories of transformation that really uh, uh, stir their heart. Um, I know that both of those things are very, very important. And then the other thing fundamentally is I want to be super good at networking. I want to network. That's the hard work and the heat of the day in fundraising is really good networking. So those are the kind of the key things there. On the on the enjoyment or the fun part of it, uh, we talk a lot about get involved uh, with your givers in play. They, A lot of them have some awesome ways to play. You know, they've got a boat that they love to take people on, or they've got, you know, a, a second home and Aspen, Colorado, and they love to take people skiing. And when they invite you to do those things, go and do it. Go and have fun. Go and enjoy. Um, a lot of a lot of fundraisers, especially in ministries that kind of are bootstrapping, are a little bit gun shy to do stuff like that. But but really, uh, it's important, super important that you play with people and then also that you invest. You, you're given a budget to be able to do that. And then the other thing in the fun and enjoyment part is celebrate when people give. Giving does harm to evil, almost like nothing else. Mm. It is a core part of discipleship. I truly believe that the evil one says, if the evil one says, 
Henry um, is is captured by his mammon. He's captured by his wealth. Yeah, he's giving, but but really, he's not experiencing the freedom, true freedom of generosity. I think he doesn't worry about you. It's the moment that you start to give radically that you become a problem for evil. And so when when you receive gifts from people, pop the cork, celebrate, laugh hilariously. It's amazing because you're doing harm to evil. I love that. So that's the celebrate or that's the enjoyment part and the the fundamentals. Um, Obviously, there's sacredness in both of those things. But what I really dive into with sacredness, um, first and foremost, is prayer. Um, and, and you guys referred to Henry Nowen's book, uh, uh, Spirituality of Fundraising. And if, if your listeners take away nothing else at all, please go to Amazon, grab that book and read it. It mm-hmm. will take you about an hour to read mm-hmm. and it will affect you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a book in pr- our, our chapter on prayer in there where Uh, Henry says, he says, prayer helps you to go from hostility to hospitality when you sit down with somebody of affluence or wealth. And I think that is super important. I personally don't come from a wealthy background. I come from kind of a middle to even lower class, uh, lower middle class background, which makes it kind of funny, the the work that I do and and the stuff that I do nowadays. But I really have to be careful that I don't get captured by jealousy and suspicion and, frankly, hostility, you know, when I'm meeting with somebody of affluence. Mm. And so I pray, I'm just like, Lord, give me as much love and compassion as I can bear for the people that I'm going to be meeting with. I think that's super important. And I just want to underscore that uh, for for an entrepreneur that's looking to raise money. Uh, There can be a thought of, you're either with me or you're not with me. And right. uh, there's some level also of an insecurity. This is my baby. And as you get a sense that a person is saying no or you, you get in some sort of a signal that they're not completely in love with what you have, um, resentment can creep in pretty quickly. Yes. And it's yes. interesting. Most people wouldn't be listening to this and thinking, well, hostility. I had to go from hostility to hospitality. I'm not going to start with hostile. Yeah. Uh, right. But there is that's a real issue. It's a real issue. Yeah. Boy, I, I got to say, I go there real quick, guys. Mm. You know, I, I, can get, I can get upset or something can trigger me really quickly. I have to pray in real humility that God will keep me in check and uh, that I'll stay focused on the heart of the person that's in front of me. Um, yeah. So that prayer is the first thing. The second thing on the sacredness part is what is the story of the person sitting across from you. And so what you what you really cultivate as a skill set is how to read people, how to listen super, super well, um, you know, how to how to read body language and and to, to hear the story of their lives. And what you're so a, a friend of mine, I'd say it was back in the early 2000s. He said to me, um, he sat me down and he said, Jay Paul, you're, you're really good at what you do, but do you mind if I give you a few suggestions? And I said, uh, you know, I'm like, sure, you know, I'll take a suggestion. He said, um, there's two questions that you're thinking about when you sit down with somebody of affluence. Number one, what does God want for them? 
That's mm-hmm. the first question. And and he said, what you what you need to do is do discovery like a good attorney. Do discovery on what is God doing in their lives. What what does God want for them? You're not going to necessarily ask them that question in that way, but you're doing discovery that reveals to you the evidence of what God wants for them and what he's doing in their lives. As you see alignment, then now you can move to the second question, which is just as important. He's like, I'm not saying it's any less important. I'm just saying it's the second question, which is what are you going to invite them to do? And, and, what you have learned about what God's doing in their life needs to be aligned with what you're inviting them to be involved in. And and I remember looking at him sort of almost aghast, you know, and I and I said, What well what if what God's doing in their lives isn't aligned with what I'm pay, being paid to raise money for? Yeah. And, and he looked at me, you know, kind of a little twinkle in his eye, and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I suppose I probably shouldn't ask him to give <laughs> to my thing. And he said, you're absolutely right. And furthermore, you need to connect them to the thing yeah. that they need to be involved yep. in. And I was mm-hmm. going, you've got to be absolutely nuts. For But I said, I, I respected him so much. And Henry, you'll appreciate this. It was Daryl who gave me this advice. This is back in the early 2000s. Mm. And, and you know, I said, I'll take you up on this. I, I really am dubious, but I'll take you up on it. Because I, I was in a pretty transactional mindset. I, people have got to be convinced, you know, I mean, I, like all this stuff. And he said, just trust me, try this. So I started doing it. And, and guys, I have taken that approach ever since ever since for the last almost 20 years. But I will say this, about two years into it, I went to Indiana to meet with a donor who, who was an active donor to our organization. And we, he had been giving major gifts in the, in the mid five figures to mid six figures every year to our organization. And I, I sat down with him and he knew that I was coming for about a $50,000 ask. It was a new project. Um, and, uh, so we sat down and I started the conversation now in my new, okay, my new way of doing things of just saying, Hey, and, and I'll just use protect the innocent here. I'll use a different name. Hey, John, um, you know, catch me up on how things are going. How's the family doing? You know, and we had some rapport. I was, it was not like out of left field for me to ask some of these questions. So he started to share a little bit, you know, about how they're doing, I said, how's Joyce? You know, I, I don't get as much chance to talk with her. That's his wife. And and he said, um, you know, she's doing good. He said, I'll tell you something that's interesting is she's starting to get more interested and involved in our giving. Hmm. And I said, really? I said, that's interesting. He said, yeah. He said, I have all oh, I have dreamed of her getting more involved, but she just hasn't been that involved. But all of a sudden, like. She's starting, God's doing something in her heart, and she's starting to get more involved. And my radars immediately start to go up. I'm like, well, tell me, like, what what sorts of things are, are you guys looking at? Um, so he started to tell me about some of the things she wants to give to, which are very different than the things that he's been giving to. But he has this heart to sort of come alongside her for a season and support her things. And, I mean, you guys can see where this story is heading. Mm-hmm. 
right? I'm going, this is it. This is what Daryl was talking about. What God is doing in their lives right now is not aligned with what I've come. And so I came to this point and I said, John, this this is going to sound maybe a little odd to you, but I'm you know that I came here to ask you for a pretty significant gift. And I'm actually pretty sure that you would probably give it to us. But I'm going to set that aside because it sounds to me like what God is doing in your lives is indicating that you need to give that money somewhere else to the thing that Joyce is really, you know, interested in. And this is a man, this is a, a, a very successful, wealthy, hardcore business guy who started to cry. Wow. And, and, and he said, I can't tell you how special that is. And so, um, I, and I said, and I don't know if you need help on connecting with some of the things that she's interested in. I've got a few connections. He said, I would love that. So, you know, connected him, you know, fast forward to today, that family are still some of my closest friends, as you can imagine. You know, I, I connect with them on a regular basis. Um, I nearly got fired when I went back to my <laughs> home base. My boss it took him about two weeks. Uh, part of what helped him come around, he self-corrected on it, was the the donor from Indianapolis called and and said, "Hey, I just want to tell you what Jay Paul did for us." And and in the in the years following, they were multi hundred thousand dollar givers to that organization to to back to the one I was working for. So you know, it was that was incredible learning experience for me. Um, and it, tur- it my job went from being sort of a uh, a hard you know like like feeling like I'm always working against, you know, the client or the, the prospect to like, I felt like I was all of a sudden in the matrix, like I was breathing new <laughs> air on how to, how to do this work. And I'm not saying it was easy fixings from there. I mean, I, ha- I have had super hard days and super great days since then, but that was a big one for me and, and for the giver. Yeah. It sounds like you really, you know, took a mindset of abundance over scarcity, which is something we all have real trouble with, with God, you know, and realizing that, you know, this one interaction isn't the end of the story. Right. Um, But, but at the same time, I'm interested as you've maybe met other people, how to, how to draw that fine line, right? Because you can say, well, you know, well, of course God's a God of abundance. He's going to give me everything, but sometimes not. And sometimes not in the timing that you want, you know? Yep. That's right. And also, here's the truth of the matter is not every situation is quite that obvious. When So you're doing your discovery, right? What's God doing in their lives? And you don't have an obvious indicator of whether or not your ask is aligned with what God's doing. And so at that point, I say, that's okay. At that point, I say, you are paid to raise money. You need to do an invitation, right? Mm. But mm, don't d- just just don't necessarily expect that it's going to that they're going to be excited about it. And that's OK. So, you know, it, you 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 really there's a discernment thing. You kind of I'm, I'm like, you know, turn on your your pastor's heart, you know, get your get your pastoral mojo going and really try to discern the appropriateness of doing that. If you're not getting a red light you got to go for it. You got to invite people to take action. 
you know, and, and for those of you that are raising money for, you know, Christian faith-based causes, you are inviting people to the heart of gospel action. You're not just inviting them to give their money. You're inviting them right to the front lines, you know. I mean, that is awesome stuff, and that's an incredible privilege that you get to do that. If your organization sort of treats you as the necessary business side of, uh, of the nonprofit, um, I'm really sorry about that because that the truth is that you're right there at the front lines of, hell, of the heart of gospel action, which is exciting. Jay Paul, you've been a great blessing. Mm, you guys too. Uh, any last thoughts for an entrepreneur looking to raise money? Any of your listeners that want to hop on the phone and talk with me, no strings attached. Um, I'm happy to spend an hour or two um, talking with them. I, I do have a consulting practice where people pay me to help them with fundraising strategies, but I am more than happy for any of your listeners to do that. So please you know, feel free to uh, someone who writes in and says, hey, I want to chat with Jay Paul about stuff. Send them to me. That's awesome. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Very generous. Very good being with you. My takeaways on this were that it's all about the heart posture. It's all about uh, how you're loving on somebody, that there are no shortcuts to actually really caring about somebody. You know, tactically, people can think, well, it's all about listening and who listens well. But it's, you know, it's all man's ways in pure but his motives are way by the Lord. And when we really have a genuineness of looking to love on that other person that God is honored first and foremost. And it all comes back, all ties back to our life mission. And if, if our role and our purpose in life is to know God and enjoy him forever, then the very process of fundraising needs to do the same. And so our heart needs to be right with God. We need to endeavor to be holy. We need to understand that we worship a God of abundance. And we need to know that God's will for this call may have nothing to do with us raising money. Mm-hmm. And but we do know that we're about to uh, we're about to interact with another person, and because we're talking about money, it's kind of a special privilege, it is. where we get to be brought in to the things that they really care about. This, along with medicine and other other kinds of vulnerability, are just a great opportunity for me to love on somebody. And dear Lord, help me not to fail that today. And that's the heart posture. Uh, and. Uh, the motive to do that because you genuinely love the Lord your God and then want to love your neighbor, this person you're about to get on the phone with or about to meet with, those are the most important things. That may end up resulting in a better fundraising pitch. Undoubtedly, if you're loving on somebody, you're going to be listening more. And yes, does that mean that you stand a better chance of being able to raise money from the person? Yes, it does. But check your heart posture. And that's the most important thing. And the other thing I took away, which was, uh, you know, you can always remember uh, that when it's your idea, you think it's so incredible and you can't really fathom why anyone wouldn't come along on that journey with you. And I just think about, you know, times that I've sent my favorite sermon or my favorite book to friends and I just kind of threw it out there and said, this sermon is going to change your life. It changed my life. I go back to it five times a year. I can't wait for you. To listen to this. And you're just anxiously waiting, right, for that phone call back when they say, I listened to it. It changed my life. Thank you for changing my life. And then somebody calls back and goes, yeah, it was okay. I didn't really get it. I don't think he's my kind of guy. You're like, 
devastated. You know, it happens to me all the time. I just, I sink so far. I'm like, no, this had to change your life. I don't think you heard it right. You know, and that whole spirit of hostility that he talked about. And it goes really quick for me, even in small things like that. Um, and I, and I think to remember that, right, it's just because it's really important to you and God's put a really special call in your life and he's really keeps opening that door for you doesn't mean it's necessarily for that next person. That's and, right. And I think that's really tough. It's really hard. Um, to And yet that other person, God's speaking to them in different ways. And maybe, totally. maybe it's a great, uh, you know, my, my, my initial reaction would probably be to defense, be defensive, if not hostile. Totally. And then it would be just kind of like, well, that didn't work. That was a lead balloon. Let's kind of move on. Instead of a more maybe God honoring conversation of, I completely get that. Um, uh, what are some of the sermons you really like? What really speaks to you? Because yeah. the other person on the other end obviously knows that uh, they had hoped that you'd come back or that they that you had hoped that they'd come back with some sort of of course just great effusive phrase and praise and, and all that and and you didn't um, but if you can go ahead and and really again be in this heart posture just loving on the person validating them for the things that really have moved them in their lives it's a great way to love them yeah and last thing I'll say I remember uh, if you've never read the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis he uh, goes pretty deep in some things but uh, it's sort of this book about he's imagining that he's an enemy he's the enemy and he has demons who are and he's writing from that perspective and, and one of them he says I, I remember is you know one of the biggest tricks we've ever made of humans is that they think that it's their 24 hours that they own their own time that it's not God's time and as long as we can continue to convince humans to get super upset when someone knocks on the door and it disrupts their day and they didn't want to have that conversation where someone grabs them at the coffee table and they, and they feel so frustrated that someone's stealing their time, that is when we get them because yes. they don't understand it's God's time. He's doing so much more than we could ever imagine in these conversations and in these meetings. And we have to, you know, give ourselves up to that. Of course, you have to be efficient and things like that. But there are clear moments where you can feel your heart getting out of control, where you know you're just protecting yourself and what you think is yours and not leaning into expanding God's kingdom. What a great note to end on on a podcast that may have gone a little bit too long. It's not your time. It's not our time. It's God's time. <laughs> Fantastic so we pray point. for your forgiveness and your grace on a conversation that, that may have gone a little bit long, and yet it's incredibly important, I think, and, and worth spending some time on. We're going to tackle this more and more over the course of the coming year. Fundraising is such a big deal that uh, we're going to be talking about its spirituality. We're going to be talking about heart posture and motives and when we're being willful and when we're being faithful. And then we're going to also talk about a lot of tactics, too, pragmatically, how to think about bringing people onto your cap table, the right people to pitch and how to pitch them and how to talk to them about putting real skin in the game and putting some time in, uh, how to approach the right type of angel investors, how to think about putting together a syndicate for venture capital. We're going to spend a lot of time on that over the course of the year. But nothing, of course, is more important than our heart posture as we head into a fundraising season. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, great pleasure and honor to be with you. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us on the Faith Driven Entrepreneur podcast. Please go to faithdrivenentrepreneur.org and let us know if you have any questions that you would like us to tackle. Also, if you have any videos, articles, sermons, or podcasts that have been helpful to you on your journey, we'd love to see them. Please send our way. Lastly, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you in any way, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with others. Thank you so much for being part of the Faith Driven Entrepreneur community. We look forward to hearing from you soon.